Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Sea of Monsters, by Rick Riordan, Book 2, Chapter 17. We get a surprise on Miami Beach. Percy, wake up. Salt water splashed my face. Annabeth was shaking my shoulder. In the distance, the sun was setting behind a city skyline. I could see a beachside highway lined with palm trees, storefronts glowing with red and blue neon harbors filled with sailboats and cruise ships. Miami, I think, Anna said, but, hip- but the hippocampi are acting funny. Sure enough, our fishy friends had slowed down and were whining and swimming in circles, sniffling the water. They didn't look happy. One of them sneezed. I could tell what they were thinking. This is as far as they'll take us, I said. Too many humans, too much pollution. We'll have to swim to shore on our own. None of us were very psyched about that. But we thanked Rainbow and his friends for the ride. Tyson cried a little. He unfastened the makeshift saddle pack he made, which contained his toolkit and a couple of other things he salvaged from the Birmingham wreck. He hugged Rainbow around the neck and gave him a soggy mango he picked up on the island and said goodbye. Once the hippocampus white manes disappeared into the sea, we swam for short. The waves pushed us forward, and in no time we were back in the mortal wood. We wandered along the cruise line docks, pushing through the clouds of the arriving fabrication. Porters rustled around with carts of luggage. Taxi drivers yelled at each other in Spanish and tried to cut in line for customers. If anybody noticed us, five kids dripping wet and looking like they had just had a fight with a monster, they didn't let on. Now that we were back among the mortals, Tyson's single eye had blurred from the mist. Glover had put on his cap and his sneakers, and even the fleece had transformed from a sheepskin into a red and gold high school leather jacket with a large glittery orange omega on the pocket. Annabeth ran the nearest newspaper and checked the date on it. Miami Herald, she cursed. She cursed. June 18th. We've been away from camp for 10 days. That's impossible, Clarice said. But I knew it wasn't. Time traveled differently in monstrous places. Thalia's tree must be almost dead, Glover wailed. We have to get the fleece back tonight. Clarice slumped down on the pavement. How are we supposed to do that? Her voice trembled. We're hundreds of miles away. No money. No lie. This is just like the oracle said. It's your fault, Jackson, if you hadn't interfered. Percy's fault, Annabeth exploded. Carice, how can you say that? You are the biggest... Stop it, I said. Carice put her head in her hands. Annabeth stomped her foot in frustration. The thing was, I'd almost forgotten the quest was supposed to be Carice for a scary moment. I saw things from her point of view. How would I feel if a bunch of other heroes had butted in and made me look bad? I thought about what I'd overheard in the boiler room in CSS bringing him. Ares yelling at Clarice, warning her she'd better not fail. Ares couldn't care less about the camp, but if Clarice made him look bad. Clarice, I said, what did the oracle tell you exactly? She looked up. I thought she was going to tell me off, but instead she took a deep breath and recited her prophecy. You saw Sarah... The iron ship with warriors of bone. You shall find what you seek and make it your own. But despair for your life and tumble with stone and fail without friends to fly home alone. 
Ouch, Glove mumbled. No, I said no. Wait a minute, I got it. I searched my pockets for money and found nothing but a golden drachma. Does anybody have any cash? Annabeth and Glover shook their head modestly. Cluis pulled a wallet, a wet confederate dollar from her pocket and sighed. Cast, Tyson asked handsomely. Like green paper? I looked at him. Yeah. Like the kind in duffel bags? Yeah, but we lost those bags days ago. I started to a halt. Tyson rummaged his saddle packet and pulled out the airtight bag full of cat that Hermes had included in our supplies. Tyson, I said, how did you? Thought it was a feeding bag for Rainbow, he said. Found it floating in the sea, but only paper inside. Sorry, he handed me the cash. Fives and tens, at least three hundred dollars. I ran to the curb and grabbed a taxi that was just letting off a family of cruise passengers. Cleese, I yelled, come on, you're going to the airport. Annabeth gave her the fleet. Annabeth, give her the fleece. I'm not sure which of them looked more stunned as I took the fleece. Let a jacket from Annabeth and tucked the cash into its pocket and put it in Cleese's arm. Cleese said, you let me. It's your quest, I said. We only have enough money for one flight. Besides, I can't tell her by air. Zeus would blast me into a million pieces. That's what the prophecy meant. You fail, with, you fail without your friends, meaning... You need our help, but you have to fly home alone. You have to get the fleece back safely. I could see her mind working suspicious at first, wondering what trick I was playing, then finally deciding I meant what I said. She jumped in the cab. You can count on me. I won't fail. Not failing would not would be good. The cab peeled off in a cloud of exhaust. The fleece on its way. Pussy, Anna said. That was so generous, Grover offered. Insane, Annabeth corrected. You, you, betting the lives of everybody at camp that Cleese will get the flu safely back by tonight. It's her quest, I said. She deserves a chance. Pussy is nice, Tyson said. Pussy is too nice, Annabeth grumbled. But I couldn't help thinking that maybe, just maybe, she was a little impressed. I'd surprise her anyway, and that wasn't easy to do. Come on, I told my friend. Let's find another way home. That's when I turned and found a sword pointed at my throat. Hey, cuz, said Luke. Welcome back to the States. His bear man thugs appeared on either side of us. One grabbed Annabeth and Gilbert by their t-shirt collar. The other tried to grab Tyson, but Tyson knocked him into a pile of luggage and roared at Luke. Percy, Luke said calmly. Tell your giant to back down or have Orius bash your friend's head together. Orius grinned and raised Annabeth and Grover off the ground, kicking and screaming. What do you want, Luca growled. He smiled, the scar rippling on the side of his face. He gestured towards the end of the dock, and I noticed what should have been obvious. The biggest boat in port was the Princess Andromeda. Why, Percy, Luke said. I want to extend my hospitality, of course. The bear man twins herded us aboard the Princess Andromeda. They threw us down on the aft deck in front of a swimming pool with sparkling fountains that sprayed into the air. A dozen of Luke's assorted goons, snake people, last Lugonians, demigods, and battle armor had gathered to watch us get some hospitality. And so the fleece Luke moved. Where is it? He looked us over, prodding my shirt with the tip of his sword, poking Grover's jeans. Hey, Grover yelled, 
There's real goat fur under there. Sorry, old friend, Luke's man. Just give me the fleece and I'll leave you to return to your uh, little natural quest. Bahaha. Go to some old friend. Maybe you didn't hear me. Luke's voice was dangerous. Come. Where is the fleece? Not here, I said. I probably shouldn't have told him anything, but it felt good to throw the truth in his face. We sent it on ahead of us. You messed up. Luke eyes narrowed. You're lying. You couldn't have. His face reddened as a horrible possibility occurred to him. Curry? I nodded. You trusted? You gave? Yeah. Argus, yes. Get below. Prepare my steed. Bring it to the deck. I need to fly to Miami airport fast. But boss, do it. Luke screamed, or I'll feed you to the dragon. The bear man gulped and lumbered down the stairs. Luke paced in front of the swimming pool, cursing an ancient Greek, gripping his sword so tight his knuckles turned white. The rest of Luke's crew looked uneasy. Maybe they'd never seen their boss so unhinged before. I started thinking, if I could use Luke's anger to get him to talk so everybody could how crazy his plans were, I looked at the swimming pool, at the fountain spraying mist into the air, making a rainbow in the sunset, and suddenly I had an idea. You've been toying with us all along, I said. You wanted us to you wanted us to bring you the fleet and gave you the trouble of getting it. Luke squalled. Of course you idiot and you messed everything up. Traitor I dug my last drachma out of my pocket and threw it at Luke. As I expected he dodged it easily. The coin skidded into the spray of rainbow of cold water. I hoped my prayer would be accepted in the silence. I thought in my heart, Oh goddess accept my offering. You tricked all of us, I yelled, even Dionysus at Camp Half Blood. Behind Luke the fountain began to shimmer. But I needed everybody's attention on me, so I uncatched the tide. Luke just sneered. This is no time for heroics, Percy. Drop your punny little sword. I'll have you killed sooner rather than later. Who poisoned Thalia's tree, Luke? I did, of course, he snarled. I already told you that. I used Elder Python venom straight from the depths of Tartarus. Kyron had nothing to do with Kyron had nothing to do with it? Ha! Huh. You know he would never do that. The old fool wouldn't have the guts. You call it guts? Betraying your friend? Endangering the whole camp? Luke raised his sword. You don't understand the half of it. I was going to let you take the fleece. Once I was done with it, that made me hesitate. Why would he let me take the fleece? He must have been lying. But I couldn't afford to lose his attention. You were going to heal Kronos, I said. Yes, the fleece magic would have sent his mending process by tenfold. But you haven't stopped us, Percy. You've only slowed us down a little. And so you poisoned the tree. You betrayed Thalia. You set us up all to help Kronos destroy the gods. Luke with his teeth. You know that. Why do you keep asking? Because I want everybody in the audience to hear me. What audience? Then his eyes narrowed. He looked behind him and his goons did the same. They gasped and stumbled back above the pool shimmering. In the rainbow mist was an iris message visions of Dionysus, Tangelus, and the whole camp in the dining pavilion. They sat in stunned silence watching us. Well, said Dionysus dryly, some unplanned dinner entertainment. Mr. D, you heard him, I said. You all heard Luke. 
the poisoning of the tree wasn't Kylan's fault. Mr. D sighed, I suppose not. The Iris message could be a trick, Tattoo suggested, but his attention was mostly on his cheeseburger, which he was trying to corner with both hands. I feel not, Mr. D said, looking with distaste at Tangerus. It appears I shall have to reinstate Kyron as activities directors. I suppose I do not miss the old horse pinochle game. Tangerus grabbed the cheeseburger. It didn't bolt away from him. He lifted it from the plate and stared at it in amazement, as if it was the largest diamond in the world. I've got it, he cackled. We, know no, we are no longer in need of your service, Tangerus, Mr. D announced. Tangerus looked stunned. What? But you may return to the underworld. You are dismissed. No, but... No. He... No! As he dissolved into mist, his finger clutched at the cheeseburger, trying to bring it to his mouth. But it was too late. He disappeared, and the cheeseburger fell onto its place. The campus exploded into cheering. Luke bellowed with rage. He slashed his sword through the fountain, and the iris message devolved. But the dead was. But the deed was done. I was feeling pretty good about myself until Luke turned and gave me a murder slip. Conus was right, Percy. You are unbelievable. You are unreliable weapon. You need to be replaced. I wasn't sure what he meant, but I didn't have time to think about it. One of his men blew a brass whistle, and the deck doors flew open. A dozen more warriors poured out, making a circle around us. The brass tips of their spears bristling. Luke smiled at me. You'll never leave this boat alive.